This is part two of her interview. Yeah. 1935, May the 6th. A bit confusing because May the 12th was the coronation of George and Elizabeth. But May the 6th uh, was the anniversary of George V with Mary. So this, of course, was a great thing. We were just coming out of this depression and it was decided that the school teachers in those days got very involved with, with projects outside the school mm. uh, in connection with town events. So they had a meeting, I would imagine, with all the school teachers and the head teachers and the mayor and corporation, as it was called in those days, Dorchester Town Council, that um, they would put on this carnival uh, and it would be for school children only. Mm. Each school was given a country or a territory to represent in the carnival. Yeah. And the primary school in Ison Way, where I was going at that time, um, were given Australia. So the project was Australia. Yeah. Uh, the traders that had lorries very kindly donated the lorries <laughs> and they were decorated mm. with um, bunting and all sorts of things. Not paper in those days, mm. actual material. Yeah. Um, so each of the school children, I'm trying to think of the age. It was the two top classes, so we would have been uh, nine, nine and a half, ten, ten and a half. That'd be about right, about because you were born in 1925, weren't you, so you would have been about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I represented the wine industry, <laughs> so I had a purple dress, Yeah. and I went to the wine merchant, so wine shop, in High East Street mm. and got a lot of advertising. Yeah. And uh, my mother made a sort of banner thing, which I held, and uh, I made a... No, I didn't make the hat. My mother made the hat of two bunches of grapes. <laughs> you see? Yeah. There? And this mauve dress. And I've forgotten my bare legs, I suppose. It was a glorious day. Beautiful day. Mm. Um, and we all had to assemble in the barracks square oh, yeah. Yeah. and uh, some were chosen to go on the lorry and the rest walked mm. in procession mm. um, so I got on the lorry representing the wine trade uh, another friend of mine represented the bushman Okay. And she had a, a scout hat mm. with corks mm. and um, a stave, khaki shirts and shorts. That was Mary. Um, there was girls in white overalls and white caps and baskets of um, advertising material for... Australian butter <laughs> yeah. and dairy products. 
Um, those are the three that stick out at the moment. Mm. There must have been two or three more representing the woolen trade and um, various other things. Yeah. Horticulture, of course. So I remember we had to be at the barracks at one o'clock to be judged. Mm -hmm. And the best, uh, there were three prizes, um, and we had to be judged and get into line and precision and all the rest of it to set up, set off and walk through the town. Mm -hmm. We came down High East Street, High West Street, um, South Street, Great Western Road and back up. I suppose we would have gone back to the to the barracks. Uh, then I'm not too sure, or whether we whether we then went down to the recreation field mm. where they had the cricket normally. Okay. Yeah. Is that on Weymouth Road? The one on Weymouth oh, Road. Uh, yes. Yeah. Sorry. I'm. Um, getting mixed up between the coronation and the jubilee. We went back to the barracks. Yeah. And from the barracks we were dismissed. Mm -hmm. And each school again were given a hall or a place where they could go and get a tea. Oh, and a yeah. gorgeous tea was provided. Oh, lovely. And this was provided either by the town council, but I'd rather think it was Eldridge Pope that provided it, yeah. provided the tea. And I remember there were sandwiches and fancy cakes and, uh, oh, it was, it was a wonderful mm, tea. Lovely treat. Yeah. And we all had then to um, take a mug and mine, we were given tea in the mug. And that's oh. the mug. You've kept it all those years. That's lovely, isn't it? Just for the record, it's a it's a beautiful white china mug with Queen Mary and King George yeah, on it. Beautiful quality. It's lovely, isn't it? Yes. With silver quality. on the handle and around the top. Yeah. It's very fine, isn't it? Yes. Made by Royal Winton. Royal Winton. <laughs> Royal Winton. Lovely. Yeah. Um, we had our tea in these mugs, mm. and then of course we then took them home. Brought, brought them home. So I rather think um, oh, we, do, we didn't really bother who provided the tea. We were mm. just enjoying <laughs> the tea. Um, fancy cakes were a luxury yeah. in those days. Yeah. Um, you had to make do with mother's um, mm. rock bands or yeah. jam tarts and things, but. Of these would be were very special. So I rather think the Eldridge Pope perhaps provided the mm. tea and the council provided the um, the mugs, presentation yeah. mugs. Yeah. Um, so that took us up until about four, half past four, and we went home and there was a wonderful fireworks display on Poundbury. Mm. Poundbury proper. Right. Not Poundbury. Not the new thing, yeah. <laughs> And be proper. Wonderful, wonderful fireworks display. Mm. Um, I remember this great big arrangement 
of the king and another one of the queen. Mm-hmm. They stand out. Um, when you say arrangement, what were they made of? It would have been a, a structure, I suppose, of wood, and then these right. fireworks would have been... The fireworks put on yes, the Yes, okay. display it, I mean, yeah. I don't weren't really interested at that time. No, no, well at 10 <laughs> you don't take all that in, do you? So, I, I yeah. wasn't very interested in how it happened. It was no. just the fact of being yeah. there and to be out at that time of the night, mm, you know. Yeah. Here we are, May, it didn't start to get dark, you see, until almost 8 o'clock. Mm. Um, but the whole town, of course, turned out to see mm. this wonderful firework display. I have forgotten to say that prior to all this excitement getting ready for the um, carnival we all had to assemble at Monbury Rings in the morning for a service Mm -hmm. in Monbury Rings what was the service for? you always began a a, a service for any of these occasions right okay um there was a service there for the coronation mm-hmm. of uh, Elizabeth and George. Any um, events, historical event, always began with a religious, religious service. And did it always happen at Monbury Rings for those yes. kind of events? Was that yes. tradition? Yeah. 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 Okay. Ideal place for meetings. Yeah. Eh? Yeah, and it holds a Absolutely. lot of people, doesn't it? So. Absolutely. Yeah. And a band in the centre and the okay. Mayor and Corporation, all yeah. the rest of dignitaries or whatever. Yeah. I mean, we used to have in the summer months the TA used to beat retreat mm-hmm. in the Monbury Rings. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that. The whole town turned out. Um, yeah. Did Monbury Rings have the fencing all around it at that time? Yes. Or was that, so yes. that's always been there, always been there. Always, yeah. been, there. always yeah. been there. Um, so the service was in the morning and then we went home and got ready. So it was a long day. Mm, yeah. And, and all the children were involved yeah. at some stage or another, you know. Yeah. Those that were too young to take part. Um, weren't left out because of course they were able to still yeah. take part in the tea. Yeah. And go to the fireworks and, the yeah. and then there was yeah. the fireworks. Yeah. yeah. No, it was very special. So it was a, a very full day. When it came to we're talking about religious service. When King George the Sixth died in January nineteen thirty six, he died, you see, not long after the Jubilee. Mm. But he wasn't a well man. Um, the schools were closed, and a service was held. All the school children either went into St Peter's Church, the Corn Exchange, uh, Town Hall. I'm not sure about probably All Saints Church House, and they were all connected by radio, wireless in those days, um, so that they could listen, we could listen to the service okay. yeah. coming from um, Westminster Abbey. That must have been service. fairly high tech for to oh, link yes. up all the places like oh, that. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. We, there was no market house mm. 
since demolished in North Square, and that's okay. where I was. Okay. And before, before this day, the day of this funeral, we were all rehearsing the hymns. Right. Just as we rehearsed the hymns and the national anthem for the coronation mm. uh, in the following May. Um, we had to learn. That was where I learnt to sing the second verse of the National Anthem, <laughs> and I've never forgotten it. Right. And uh, another hymn that I've never forgotten is I Vow to Thee My Country, yeah. which was another one we had to learn. Right. Um, we weren't given orders of service. We had to, so to learn it. Yeah. Had to learn it yeah. by heart, you yeah. see. Yeah. And uh, so we practiced those hymns. Mm. Um, and I well remember being in the market house. I don't know where they got the chairs from, but anyway, we all we all attended this service and and um, had the rest of the day off. I know it was bitterly cold, mm. January. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then uh, May of 37, we almost repeated the previous jubilee. Okay. Slightly different in that the schools did a pageant. We each took something from history. Mm. And by this time, I was at Mordred School. And we did Chaucer's Tales, Canterbury Tales. Yeah. And I was the weaver. Okay, yeah. Um, and this pageant took place down at Weymouth Avenue. Mm. Another glorious day, beautiful day. Yeah. Warm sunshine, yeah. couldn't have been better. Um, but this time we had uh, tea in the marquee. Down on Weymouth Avenue? On Weymouth Avenue, yeah, yeah. yes. Was there always a big recreation ground down there next to the cemetery? Yeah. Has that always been there? Yeah. 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 I say always, I mean in my life. In your, in your daytime, yeah. yeah. A long time now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, it's, always, it's always stuck out in my... Uh, again, need concern I've got yeah. pictures of that... Uh, yeah. Carnival, yeah. which I took down. Yeah. Um, so we got involved with anything that was connected with the town. Mm. Um, when they used to have a horticultural exhibition in the Corn Exchange, mm. so part of our education for that week was to go up to the Corn Exchange mm. and go round the tables. Um, and then go back to school and write about it. Was it exhibits of different types of yes, uh, fruit and vegetables? Yes. And I remember yeah. one occasion there was a lady um, making butter. Mm -hmm. She had a butter chain, and I was quite fascinated with mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think now of anything else that we we did. We were, schools were very uh, connected mm. and came together, these various yeah. things. It's one of the things that Dorchester's still known for, is the connections between the schools. It's something that they're still, 
the schools are still very connected with each other, which is good. They've got an area partnership which connects them all, and uh, it's quite unusual, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's good. I suppose... Those are the sort of three, three or four things that stick out in my mind. Because, yeah. of course, immediately 1939 came. That was the end. Because mm. you went away at some point, didn't yeah, you? I, I went that off you to went war. Away? You went off to war. Not until 1942. Okay. I wasn't old enough until then, but as soon as I was old enough, I was away. You were away, yeah. And I think um, you've told Joe about all of that in the previous interview. Yeah. But I think he got up to the point where you came back and settled in Dorchester. Well, so what brought you back to Dorchester? Was that just returning home from war, or was that... No, no, Did you no. move away and then come back no, again? No, 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 no. I came home from Sri Lanka at the Salon in those days. Yeah. I had my son, and then I went back to Salon. Oh, I, I lived there. Right. And then um, they got the independence in 1948. Okay. And we came home then. Right. And then it was... Um, it was difficult. My husband couldn't find a job, mm. couldn't find anywhere to live. Okay. It was it's hard. Not so leisure time really wasn't on the. Not, not good. It at wasn't all. so good at that point. No. no. Oh, not good at all. No. And everything was rationed. Mm. It was. See, we had rationed until 1954. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I sit here and I watch all these antique programs and various other programs. I never, ever watch soaps. Soaps are right out. Um, and they will pick up something in the antique but Oh, that was made in the 40s. Good God, 40s. We had hardly anything that they could make. Mm. I have a powder compact mm. that was made at that time in leather. Mm. Yeah. You couldn't make anything in metal. But it was all taken up for aircraft, wasn't it, for the for the war? It yeah. was collected. Yeah. It was collected, collected up, wasn't it? To collected help up. Yeah. You know, yeah. there was literally nothing. Mm. The shops were bare. Mm. Um, and it was a case of make do and mend. Mm. They probably made you very creative. And, uh, and share. Yeah. Well, when I look at the fashions today... I wouldn't have been seen dead. We wouldn't have been seen dead in them during no, the war. No, 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 no. Yeah. We were still well dressed. Mm. Yeah. Even if it might make making something out of curtains, it, everything matched, everything fitted. Yeah. Um, and it was just a case of not putting things together. Mm. Um, and for a special occasion borrowing mm. to make a complete outfit. Yeah. And I see the rubbish oh God. I think it's generational as well. I've started to starting to do the same thing now when I see twenty year olds in certain things and I'm forty, so I think I, I think part of it's just as you get older you sort of your fashions change and yeah. theirs change in a very different way. And I mean, you know, this, just, these dresses that they're wearing made up of two or three bits of material. Mm didn't do that in the war. No, no, but it's, you know, it's a different generation now, isn't it? It's a different time. Do you think that you're... They're not, they're, you're... Not, they're, not, they're not dressed. They're just covered bodies. Bodies so, that are covered. Do you think when you were younger that your grandparents' generation would have been looking at what you were wearing and thinking, gosh, is she going out in oh, that? Oh, 
definitely my grandmother would but yeah. but there was a difference mm. in that we as I say um, we took more pride in ourselves yeah yeah no, I understand that but your yeah. grandmother would have been in Victor in Victorian oh, era. She was Victorian. so for the Vic for the Victorians seeing probably what your generation wore yeah. would have probably been quite shocking as well oh yes well <laughs> classic example I was the only girl in the primary school mm. that wore three-quarter white cotton socks right I wasn't allowed to wear ankle socks right because they were untidy yeah so I used to go round the corner <laughs> roll <laughs> them down, down. <laughs> yeah that's what I would do and there's a, yeah. there's a photograph of me in the age concern shop yeah where I'm wearing a velour hat mm. and instead of it turned up at the back and coming down mm. I've got it turned up at the front so there was a rebellious streak <laughs> in you there wasn't there <laughs> yeah. so when I go in and look at that photograph I think oh yeah I can remember I was rebelling yeah. and I must have been at, I suppose I was about eight mm. eight when that was taken yeah so you were rebelling quite young really oh yeah, yeah. well I wanted to be like the other girls yeah. you see the greatest envy I had was that there were girls in my class that had older sisters. Okay. And they um, took a hand in saying what the young one would be wearing. Or the okay. young one, of course, would be wearing the hand-me-downers, okay. you see. Yeah. Um, so they looked a bit more grown up and probably got away with more. Exactly. Because they were the second one. I yeah. well remember. She's dead now. And I think of people that I've done. Um, this girl had a gorgeous red jumper, and all round the hem were black pussy cats. The back of the cat rounded, and then the tail, and it was a frieze all round this jumper. Knitted, a knitted jumper. Knitted, yeah. knitted by an older sister. She had two older sisters, so one must have been considerably older, mm. I suppose. But she was very, very good at this knitting. Mm. And I envied this jumper. I thought I would have loved the jumper. And mm. I, I I used to get really a bit fed up, you know, these oh. girls would come to school, these ladies. Yeah. I didn't. My grandmother had an awful hand in what I would wear. Because she lived next door, didn't yes, she? she? I heard had. a bit about your, from the Fordings yeah. interview, yeah. 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 Oh. So when you, when you came back from Ceylon, or Sri Lanka, um, how long did it take you to get on your feet and, and start to have a, a bit more of a life in Dorchester again? How did that pan out for you? Eight or nine years. Okay. So during that time, did you have any hobbies or interests outside the home, or was it mainly no, just trying no, to sort was, out what was, was going I was, on? I had to work. Yeah. Okay. I had to work. And what um, did you do? What was your job? Well, my first job was with Sinners. Oh, yeah. Sinners sewing machines. Yeah. They're the same, making curtains. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, and then uh, in those days, I'm talking about uh, 51. Yes, yeah, probably 51. Um, you had to go on a three week course mm -hmm. because if you sold a sewing machine, you then had to sell the customer uh, eight lessons okay and they had to make a dress yeah buy a pattern and be able to turn out a dress okay in that eight weeks yeah 
I've forgotten how much it cost. I think it was two pounds and ten shillings an hour. A pound now wouldn't have been as much as that. I think five five shillings an hour, ten shillings for two hours. There were two hour sessions. Mm. You could either do two hours in the morning or two hours in the afternoon. And the shop in St Mary Street in Weymouth, yeah. on the next floor up, there were six sewing machines. Mm -hmm. So you could have six people. Okay. So you had to be able to show them how to measure yeah. and cut out a dress, mm -hmm. put it together, machine it. Okay. So um, that's what you did the three-week course to learn to do, yeah. was dressmaking. Yeah. And, yeah. Where did you do your course? Was that I went here? to Bristol. I went to Bristol. I went okay. To Bristol. Okay, mm. quite a long way to go. Yeah. Because my son was living with my mother then down at Fullerton. Okay. And then uh, there was nowhere to be had in Dorchester to live at that time. Why was that? Was that just lack of rental properties, or was oh, it? Oh yeah, there, there, just, there just wasn't anything. Right. That just literally wasn't. So that's any. not a new problem then. It's <laughs> oh. a very old problem, yeah. Not new problem. Yeah. Not new. You've got to remember that all these buildings that were bombed, mm. those people had oh, to course. be. Yeah, yeah. Those people had to be housed first. Yeah, and they wouldn't have been rebuilt. Nothing would have been rebuilt by then, really. No, no. nothing at all. Yeah. And it was all rationed. Yeah. Furniture was rationed. Was it? Floor carving covering was rationed. Right. Curtains were rationed. Okay. I didn't realise the rationing extended to those kind of items. Oh, yes. I knew about food. And you had to, you had to obtain dockets. Right. Okay. And it was only newly married people that could get dockets. Oh, okay. My mother wanted some linoleum, and um, I got the dockets for that. Mm. So were you, when you came back from Ceylon, even though you were already married over there, were you considered newly married settling in Britain, or were you, did you miss out on all of that because no, of... No, 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 it was just, it was just turmoil. Yeah. Just turmoil everywhere. Mm. Yeah. Shortages of, of things and men coming back from the war and, you see, the men were away, the women were were working, if they weren't called up, mm. still living at home if they weren't. Yeah. If they were if they were doing work of a set of essential nature, postmen, women the work that women didn't normally do. Mm. You know, there was only a choice of shops or domestic work before the war. Yeah, yeah. Well, changed things a lot, didn't it? Yeah. Um, I think of all these houses here on Cornwall Road, mm. or had servants. Did they? Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, I suppose they're very big houses. The houses in Prince Lord's Road had servants. Yeah. And some of them had chauffeurs mm. with their own cars. Mm. I remember one, the chauffeur vividly, had the same colour livery as the car. And the <laughs> car was a great big square beige colour. Right. Oh yes, yes. Those were the days. Mm. So there was that 
tremendous changeover. Yeah. Here you've got the men coming back. Here you've got the women then having to become housewives. Mm. Others says, well, you can't stay here. We haven't got enough room. Yeah. yeah. So there was, it was, it was just... Yeah. So everything was shaken up again, really. Everything was shaken up because of the war and then shaken up afterwards as well. Yeah, for yeah. a long, long yeah, time. Yeah. For a very long time. So how old were you, would you say, when you had a chance again to to get more recreational time? Did you ever have a chance to go back to reading or...? I never, you know, I never had recreational time. Right. I married a man that was quite selfish. Right, OK. Or places in the home. Mm. And I had my son to look after. Yeah. And um, so, what did you do in the home? What sort of things? How did you occupy yourself when you were at home? Did you have any hobby? Did you continue sewing? Well, I, did, and I worked. I always worked. But you're doing your sewing. Did you do sewing at home as well? Or oh, well. Yes, but not not so much. I mean, if you've been to work all day, yeah, and you've got to come home and yeah, get a meal, yeah. There's not and many hours also, left, are there? Really? The washing and ironing had to be done by hand. Yeah. Everything was done by hand. Yeah. Yeah. There so wasn't an awful lot. Of... In fact, there wasn't any spare time. No, no. It wasn't until... It wasn't until women could afford to have a washing machine. Mm. That must have been very freeing, actually. That must have... Yeah. That made a tremendous yeah. difference. yeah. I think that's one of the greatest inventions, actually, of the, the washing machine. of the last hundred years. Or whatever. I think that, yeah, it's made a huge I mean, difference. I can remember, I always swore I would never, ever do it. Mm. My mother used to get so bad-tempered on Mondays. Like wash day, yeah. Well, she would get up, crack a door, light the copper, start the washing, mm. get it out on the line, and everything had to be boiled, whiter than white. But it all had to be washed, dried, and ironed the same day. Mm. But my grandmother, Mondays was wash day, Tuesday was ironing day, Wednesday was shopping day, Thursday was bedrooms day, I'm not sure what Friday was, <laughs> Saturday was shopping day, and Sunday you most certainly didn't do any of those sort of things. Mm. That was the day for going to church yeah. and getting dressed properly. Yeah. You see? Yeah. Um, it yeah. was, you know... Well, when things are so labour-intensive, I suppose you have to have a structure like that yeah. to make it work, because otherwise you couldn't get round it. Well, you couldn't. So, you couldn't. Um, and yeah. it was only a case of one off and one on. Yeah. Clothes-wise. Yeah. I've got a two-year-old and a four-year-old, and I can't imagine trying to wash all that mud out by hand, I have to say. Yeah. yeah. It must be really hard. Yeah. Mm. It's surprising, you see, you know... When there, when you've got no alternative to do things, mm. it's, it's only when you've got again. alternatives yeah. and you sit back and think, oh, I can't do that. Mm. But you just get on with it. If you you know, if, if you don't know any different, you just do it, don't you? Exactly. Yeah. 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 So how do you? Um, what what sort of leisure time do you have now? I mean, how do you spend your time now? You you're sewing curtains. Are they for you or for somebody else? Oh, for me. For but you. it takes me a long time now yeah. to do them. Do you do them on a machine or by hand? Oh, I have, no, I have a machine. Got a machine? Yeah. Mm. I do like, I made these by hand. I mm. like hand stitching. Yeah. But um, I get very tired now. Yeah, yeah. 
And you spend some time at Age UK, do you? Age I go down. Yeah. Not every Wednesday, but most Wednesdays. Yeah. Um, and it's like all these things. I feel I'm amongst strangers. Right. There's only one. One woman that goes on the Wednesday that was born and brought up in the town. Yeah. And I belong to the Mother's Union. What do you do with them? Sorry? Do you meet up with Mother's Union? I go to Mother's Union on the first Tuesday of the month of St Peter's. Okay. You know. Is that a social, a sort of social meal or well, what it's do you... a Christian organisation, belongs to the church. Yeah. You know. Um, but there's only, we've got, what, 22 members now? We're all getting too old, you see, mm-hmm. dying off. Have you all known each other a long time? One or two I have yeah. known, but the rest are all strangers. See, yeah. the thing is, um, they have no conversation. You, you can't say something to them mm-hmm. about... I saw so-and-so down the time, and what do you think about so-and-so? Do you remember so-and-so? There's no connection. Right. So you, you just don't say anything. Mm-hmm. So what's your favourite activity now that you do? What's your, what do you look forward to? What things do you look forward to doing in a week? I don't look forward to doing anything now. Don't you? That's a shame. Well, yeah. I, yes, it is a shame, because my greatest joy was travelling around. Was it? Okay. And meeting people, but um, I've got osteoporosis and my spine has given me a lot of trouble. Mm. Um, and I've got this arthritis of the hip replaced. Mm. And I, I don't have the strength now to lift heavy suitcases mm. or stand in queues. I am the last, I was only thinking the other day, the last long trip I did was back to Sri Lanka after the tsunami. Oh, right, okay. That's not that long ago, then. What's that, 2000? Oh, no. 2000? No. No, 2004. 2004, yeah. Because I was there I was there the year, exactly a year before. Oh, were you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the following year, it took exactly the same time, the tsunami, and I was on the coast, right on that coast, exactly a year before. Where were you? Um, Tangala and Marissa, uh, Gaul... That sort of oh, went round that across the call. Yeah, Gaul, Tangala, Marissa, um, and then I went up to Nuwari Elia and that sort Nuralia. of area. Was, yeah, oh, that was all that area. Met. Candy. Nuwari that was where I met, I met my husband. Is it? Candy yeah. is where Lord Lunat Batten's headquarters were. Right. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's like going to London. Yeah. Usually. I like Candy. Nice and um, I didn't spend any time in Colombo. I just, just. Um, Went straight to Candy. I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, did you get up? Did you get up to Polynesia or Anuradhapura? Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Amazing yeah. place. Yeah. I spent a year up at Trincomalee. Right. It's a fantastic country. I love Sri Lanka. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. go back there. I hope to take my children there one day. And very, uh, very easy to get around. Mm. The people were lovely when I was there. Yeah. Really lovely. Yeah. Yeah. So. As a matter of fact, tonight. I was talking to my son on the phone and asked him if he'd send an email to uh, my taxi driver. Oh, yeah. 
He sends me a Christmas card every year. Yeah. And when my son went to Australia, he and his wife stayed in Salon, Sri Lanka. And um, he took them on a tour around. Mm. You know? um, but of course, it's, I have to say, it's not the country it was when we were running it. No, no. Well, everywhere's changed, doesn't Sadly. it? Sadly. Yeah. Uh, I don't suppose you would remember the gold face, that great big long green in Colombo. Right. I don't it's, remember Colombo because I got remember. straight on a coach and went straight to Candy. I didn't. Oh, you oh, went straight up to Candy. Yeah. Where did you stay yeah. in Candy? In the Empire Hotel, the British Empire Hotel or something. It was a great big hotel, um, very old, right by had a big veranda right across the front of it. Um, I think it was called the British Empire Hotel, something like that. It was very, very British Empire. <laughs> it was lovely. Remember that one? You didn't stay at the Queen's? No, it wasn't called the Queen's. That was the Victorian one. No, it was It was all beautiful polished wood. The whole place was just yeah. beautiful most, verandas and most polished wood. Most of them are, are they? yeah, they've got an abundance of teak. It was next door to um, a big park, a big... Oh, you were at Peridinia. Uh, it was in the middle of Candy. It was within very easy walk to the middle of Candy. Was it Hotel Suisse? No, Suisse Hotel? No. Like by the lake? It wasn't far from the lake. It wasn't overlooking the lake, but it wasn't far from Not it. Overlooked. It was walking distance to the lake. Oh. Um, yeah, seeing the uh, water monitors in the lake was quite strange. The, oh, yeah. the water monitors, yeah. But, uh, I've got a picture of that lake when it overflowed all down through the main street. Gosh. <laughs> yes. I wouldn't fancy that with all those water monitors. That was the, um, yeah. you know, the monsoon right. times. Yeah, I wasn't in Sri Lanka in the monsoon. In the monsoon. Yeah. So where else did you travel to? So travelling was a hobby, it was like a passion of yours, was it? Yeah. Yeah, so where else I have you been? All, I've always said that it was only shortage of money that kept me. Yeah kept me still. So where where else did you go? Well, I've been to Australia twice. Yeah. I've been to the Cook Islands, Fiji, yeah. Mauritius twice, mm-hmm. India twice, uh, Borneo, Thailand. You like South Eastern Africa. You like Eastern countries, do you? Yeah. 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 Is that all was that all after you retired or is this Oh yes in this last 15, 20 years. Right. Did you do? Was your husband alive then? Did you do it together, or did you do it after? No. After I've he. I've done it all on my own. All on your own. Well. My first husband went off with another woman. Oh right. Oh dear. Right. Um, and my son. See, that was another thing. He went off with another woman, and my son was what? Younger son was about ten. So, you see, I've always had to do two jobs. Mm, yeah. So I haven't had much recreation. No. And then I met my second husband, who's a lovely man, very much older than me. And he'd had a hard time um, with his first wife. So we had nine, nine years. Mm. And we started to get out and about. Mm. Um, then he died. Okay. So when I finished um, work at 
I went to work then at County Hall, mm-hmm. and when I finished, then I started to get you know, saving up and going out to these various places. Yeah. So that's something you always wanted to do from when you were little, or was it? I think it all started with my grandfather. Right. It all started with my grandfather. My family is a naval family. Okay. So there's a wanderlust in there. And my grandfather used Mm. to tell me stories Mm. about birds, the coloured birds he'd seen. Yeah. And how, in his day, when they went ashore, they could go ashore with a handful of beads and barter mm. with the natives. Yeah. And he always said it was the missionaries that were the downfall of these countries. Okay. Because the missionaries introduced money. Okay. And as soon as they got to know the value of money, things changed. Mm. They would have changed anyway. They would, yeah. They would have eventually, <laughs> but, wouldn't they? But, but I'm talking now. But that was yeah. 1932, 33, mm. when he used to sit in his armchair yeah, and yeah. tell me these stories, you see. Okay. Well, then my mother's brother uh, was in the Navy during the First World War. Mm. And after the First World War, he was sent out to Australia, to the Australian Navy. Okay. So he was there for seven years. Okay. And I kept hearing about this uncle. But he was there when my mother was married. He was there when I was born. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I you got curious. Hearing, yeah. I kept, I kept yeah. hearing. And I can remember every day going into my grandmother's house, wondering why he wasn't there. Mm. <laughs> so um, it must have um, sort of got a bit of curiosity going inside you when oh, you were quite young, much. really, just to... Oh, yeah. There's a whole world out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that's where it, that's yeah. where it really started. Yeah. My grandfather's stories. I mean, mm. he was a great storyteller. I mean, mm. <laughs> to, to, to a child, it's no wonder he probably embroidered it. You know. Mm. Um, he taught me to dance the hornpipe. Right. And to play housey housey. Right. Okay. Which of course is bingo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. he, was, he was a real character. Yeah. Um, and he went to sea, you see, in the days of sailing and steam. Mm. Yeah. And it would have taken a long time to get to Australia. Six months. Six months. Right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Because my grandmother, my grandmother used to say when he went to sea, he never knew when she was seeing. Mm. In those, up until even after the war, the Navy men, when they went away, it was for the minimum of, uh, maximum, minimum of two years. Right, okay. The China station was slightly less. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but it was slightly less. And I say the China station, I think we had a, we had gunboats because my uncle was patrolling the Yangtze mm-hmm. during the Japanese Chinese okay. War. Yeah. Um, so I think it must have been at Shanghai, yeah. the headquarters. Then of course we had a garrison at Hong Kong and mm. all these places. Mm. My grandfather was in the um, West Indies fleet, mm-hmm. and then in the East Indies fleet. Okay. My father was in the home fleet. Mm. And my uncle was in the Mediterranean fleet. 
So I think it's, you know, we've all been there, done it, got yeah. the T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, both my sons, one was in the Merchant Navy, the other one did 15, 16 years in the Fleet Air Arm. Okay, yeah. So when I see something on TV or mention something, yes, Mother, I know, I've been there. <laughs> so they're not. They're not that bothered no. about what I've seen, you know. No. But, um, but, you know, one of the lovely things about doing these interviews is that for them, later, you know, they, they have this as well, because they can also tune into this and listen to you talking about your life. And I found that when I did this with my father, I've interviewed him, I found out so much that I didn't know about yeah. him and his childhood and all of that. And the same with my mother-in-law, who grew up in Fordington as well. Um, Joe interviewed her. Uh, but we've got, for our children particularly, we've got a record. Where was your mother-in-law? Somewhere down near the river in Fordington, but I'm not quite sure where. It would have, would have been about 20 years after you, because um, she was born in the 40s, um, and it was down somewhere down by the river. What was her maiden name? I don't know, actually. I only know her married name. I'd have to ask her. Hmm. Not sure. Um, I'm just trying to think. I'm not sure what her maiden name was. Because, of course, I've only known her since she's been married. I don't know. But she lived in a row of houses which were apparently condemned. and But there's another 14 years they lived there before they were actually knocked down. But it was a row, a terraced row, um, with a shared alleyway at the back and shared toilets at the back somewhere. I think that was in Bill Street. Yeah, that might be. It was off Bill yeah. Street. Yeah, that rings a bell. Yeah. Well, I was born in the terrace mm. that overlooked the river. Okay, yeah. So you were quite close. Yeah. 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 I'll have to find out that what her surname was. That would have been Mill Street. Yeah. Well, she lived there for quite a long time. Because I was, I was born opposite the infant school. Okay. Well, she lived there, and then her parents moved up to Poundbury, obviously the old Poundbury. You know, yes. Um, but they moved up there once, I think once their house was, when once those houses were demolished, they were moved up to Poundbury. Yes. Yeah. But I don't think they were ever quite as happy up there. They always enjoyed being in Fordington because yeah. yeah. of the community. Yeah. Not because of the conditions. I think the conditions were pretty bad, but the um, the community it was, was, you know, yeah, lovely. The, the, the people in Forrington mm. had a different outlook. Yeah. We never regarded ourselves as being part of Dorchester. No, that's right. So I think they felt a bit, you know, distant they, up there. Yes. So it was a long way from... They didn't know. want to go up there no. because no. they lost that sense of community. Mm. That was, yeah, that's quite true. Yeah. Yeah. They were terrible old, old places, mm. and the women had a very, very hard yeah. time. But that's what they missed. Mm. They missed running in and out of yeah, each other's houses, houses and helping one another. Yeah, and yeah. Everybody looked out for another person's child. Yeah. You know, yeah. you weren't everlasting saying, where's so-and-so? Mm. Because you know that Mr. So-and-so was keeping an eye on. Yeah. Or Mrs. So-and-so saw your... Child yeah. down the road or yeah. whatever, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, there was a great sense of mm. of, of loss. Yeah. They, the women enjoyed the, the housing. Mm. Um, there's no two. But the other thing, of course, there was when they first went up. Um, they were only paying three and sixpence in these old houses. Yeah, right. Of course, the rents would have been yeah. And I'm talking now, 1932, when my mother's cousin went up to Victoria Park, mm. those houses were seven shillings a week. A huge difference, yeah. 
You see, it double, was double. Yeah, yeah. That was the other thing yeah. uh, that worried them. Yeah. They had all the facilities, but yeah. it was extra rent. Yeah. And, of course, um, they felt so cut off. Yeah. yeah. As time went on, it wasn't as bad for your mother-in-law going up there mm. as it was for those first people that went up yeah. in Mallory Road sure. and Windsor Road. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, it was a bit easier, you see. Yeah. But, um, oh yes, they, 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 they didn't want to go up mm. there. Yeah. If they could have had those houses brought Just do them up, up yeah. where they were. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it's sad in a way because... I find it sad because I remember these old places mm. and I can walk down through there and not see someone I know. No. Um, they were all cleared mm. and now you've got private houses being bought. Mm. Yeah. You know, it, it's, um, it's ironic really. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. But that's, that's the way it's turned out. Yeah. But yeah, so there was a great... Um, a great community spirit down there, mm. and some of the, some of the, um, some of the boys that grew up in those really really bad housing um, went on to do great things. Mm. One was became a police inspector, another one worked in one of the embassies in London. Right, um, he did exceptionally well. Mm.